Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. This is the South Florida High School Sports Show on AM 560, FM 96.5, HD2, the Joe WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Sponsored by University of Miami Sports Medicine Institute. Their experts treat athletes of all levels, elite pros, active adults, and youth athletes. Recover your game. Visit uhealthsportsmedicine.com. Here is Larry Bluestein. Happy Monday. There is such a thing. Welcome into the South Florida High School Sports Show. I am Alex Dono, filling in for the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Bluestein, who's texting with Blue earlier today. He's continuing his recovery. I'm sure any any week now, any day now, he's going to get himself back in the seat. He's going to kick me out to the curb. In the meantime, you guys will have to tolerate me, and you'll have to enjoy the sports bomber who is producing the show here this evening. And you guys know I I am not able to talk high school sports at the level of Larry Bluestein. We mix it up on this program. We talk some high school sports. We talk some pro sports. We talk some college sports, and we interact with the people. So if you'd like to get in, share your infinite wisdom with us via the Kendall Toyota and West Kendall Toyota text line. Text line number here on 560 WQAM, as always, is 305 305- 5670560. That's 305-567-0560. You know, every time I'm on on this show, I like to add a little bit of Kane's flavor. We're going to be talking spring football and plenty of basketball. Oh, we will get to that. Coach L. Coach L is my dude. But we're going to talk Kane's football recruiting with Gabby Urudia from InsideTheU.com, 24-7 sports recruiting analyst. He's going to join us at 6.20 here tonight, 7 o'clock. We're going to talk some football and a lot of basketball with Jazz Santana from the Hurricanes coverage on Five Reasons Sports. He's going to join us at 7 p.m. I'm so proud of the Canes Hoops team. And uh, you know, going back to my preseason expectations, right, because in the last few weeks I've been bullish, right? I've been bullish because I've seen how competitive and how good Miami has been. Uh, throughout the ACC schedule. So, um, yeah, am I surprised they knocked out Auburn? Sure. 
At the same time, I, based on the way that they've played for the past few months, I could have seen this team making a little bit of a tournament run. So I'm not shocked. But if you go back to preseason, early season, it was a very tough year last year. You know, last season they only had six healthy scholarship players. The team just, they looked decimated. And no expectations all year long. Team could never get ranked. They were flying under the radar. Nobody in the national news sphere gave Miami any respect throughout the season. They were just a lamb to slaughter. You know, they entered the tournament as a 10 seed. They're underdogs against number seven, seven seed USC. Miami knocks them off. They're underdogs against two seed Auburn, who had been, you know, a top team throughout the country on paper. And not only did Miami beat them yesterday, Miami dismantled Auburn. They dismantled them wire to wire victory. Hurricanes had the lead from the get-go, and to borrow one of Eric Spolster's phrases, they never let go of that rope. That was a beautiful thing to behold. I'm not going to say it was completely stress-free because I've been watching the Cardiac Canes all season long, and you know that they're, you know, throughout the year we've seen some big-time comeback wins, we've seen some big-time late-game collapses, so going up against a team as talented and as long and as big as Auburn, I never got complacent while watching Miami last night, but looking back on it in retrospect, that's one of the most comfortable victories I've seen against top competition in an NCAA tournament, and Miami put it on. Like, How do they make up for that lack of size? Excellent guard play, exquisite coaching and game planning from Jim Laranega, and this team doesn't make mistakes. They win the turnover battle. They don't shoot themselves in the foot at all. They play deceptively good defense because what's the analysis been? Every game Miami has gone into against supposedly superior competition, whether it was during the regular season or these last couple of games in the tournament, and you hear all the talking heads on True TV and CBS and TNT and, you know, and, and then you watch Charles Barkley, who I, I love. Like, I love Chuck. I think we all know he doesn't put in the year the the, the year long study into college basketball analysis that he does into the NBA, right? So I, I can tell when Chuck does his pregame analysis, he's just reading notes that somebody gave to him, right? And it's always well, and obviously against Auburn, Chuck had a vested interest because he's an Auburn alum, right? So that was a little bit different. But I even go back to watching the pregame coverage before the USC game. Chuck gave you just the most straightforward cookie cutter analysis USC has more size more length Miami cannot overcome the size and the length they did it against USC and they do it against Auburn and then you actually had like uh, congratulations to coach L not only for winning the game and advancing to the sweet 16 and ironically enough on paper Miami is going to face you know the weakest on and again on paper doesn't mean a whole lot but the weakest of the three teams Miami faced so far is going to come in the sweet 16 not in you know the the first round or the round of 32 which is funny how you've got you know a, a 10 seed and 11 seed in Iowa State who Miami's going to face who have advanced to the sweet 16 so you have the underdogs moving on but Jim Laranega actually saved us from having to watch Charles Barkley shirtless after that game last night because Chuck, Auburn bullish, Auburn grad, was saying before the game, if Auburn knocks off Miami, he might do the postgame shirtless. So thank you. Thank you, Coach L, for saving us from that fate. And I know my guy, Sports Bomber, I want to I wanna share in this victory with you, man, because I know you, you've worked a lot of Hurricanes broadcasts throughout the season. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen you 
not wearing some kind of UM gear. Is that accurate? Every time I've seen you, you're wearing a UM t-shirt, a UM polo. You are cane to the core, man. You must be walking on cloud nine like I am. Oh, I'm absolutely enjoying it because I get I get I get to take the ride because I do the do the Hurricanes basketball games and just you know I talk to Coach L. I do the Hurricane Hotline every week and I talk to Coach Meyer as well with the Lady Canes who had a, who had a pretty good run this year as well. You know, it's just really good to see UM basketball playing like this and just bringing and bringing the bring the level and bring the interest to to it because you know what these guys run a great program and we got to start getting more people out to the out to the games regularly. So just to see them making this tournament run is just incredible. To see them run to see them run off burn off the court last night because that really was legitimately their best effort I've I've seen them against top competition you put it very well Dono yeah and it's you know some some very astute analysts um you know and I I, I remember talking with Josie Gacky about this during some of the broadcasts where I filled in for Hollywood while he was he was out on paternity um you know for for a little bit there and I filled in on a few games and you know, the, the people who really know college basketball understand that tremendous guard play can really take teams far in the tournament. Like, we're talking basketball. Obviously, size, forward, centers are important. But you see a lot of these teams in these one-game samples, single elimination, solid guard play can get you really far. And right now, Miami's top guards, they're all peaking. Right. I mean, how many times during the regular season do we say, oh, I wish we could get more consistency from Isaiah Wong? He's led Miami in scoring both of these tournament games so far. And he's provided us one of the best highlights of the tournament, that thunderous dunk that he had last night. I literally jumped out of my couch. Well, he posterized he the guy supposedly the number one pick in the NBA draft. That's right. That's right. So that was – and. I hope that they lit and now that we have NIL, maybe you can actually do this and he can make some money off of it. I hope they literally turn that into a poster. Like, oh, absolutely. I, that- <laughs> I mean, you, you got, I mean, if I was a Wong, I would be, at, I know, I know this place doesn't exist anymore, but I would be at Kinko's. Okay. And I would get the large 11 by 17 poster and I would just put that on my wall. They should make it into an NFT. Like I, I would actually oh. go into, yeah, I would go on to OpenSea or whatever, and I, I would buy the NFT of Charlie Wong with that posterizing dunk, and then I would actually buy a physical poster. Like you know that you know all Canes right by campus and uh, Canes wear. Like all these shops would be more than happy to sell that poster. So Wong has been incredible, and then of course you always expect Cam McGusty and Charlie Moore because they've been incredible all season long. Like. These guys are setting the standard. And I'm actually starting to see the Canes Hoops team get a little credit, which is great, right? Because Oh, I don't again, know about thing, that, Dono. You don't you don't think so? Because oh, I'm I've... actually I'm actually starting to see them get talked. Like I, I I was watching um and you know what? This might have been because Israel Gutierrez is on that show and he he's a South Florida guy, but I was watching uh Debatable today on ESPN. And you know Izzy is part of that panel with Pablo Torre and, and a couple of other people I, I didn't I didn't recognize and they started to get into the tournament and they all had this conversation about how like you can't sleep on Miami the rest of the way but that might have been because Izzy is our dude like yeah. Izzy might have brought it up because he's our guy but I don't know man I'm I'm actually 
and maybe this is just relative to the regular season where nobody was talking about Miami, but I'm actually starting to see Miami put some people on notice now, and it's a good feeling. Well, yeah, I mean, like, look, obviously they've made enough noise to where you kind of have to pay attention to them at this point, but my point was, as I walked in here, and the first thing I see on the on the, on the TV here, they were, doing a, they were doing a big bracket of the Sweet 16, and they said they had all their predictions in there, and every prediction has Iowa State beating us now. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I need to uh, have you, you know, I haven't, I haven't checked this yet. Let me check. I, cause I had thought or maybe just assumed that Miami was favored. Do you happen to know? Uh, cause I, I know Miami, no, I haven't, I haven't Miami checked the line. Is, I'll, I'll check that during the commercial break. Cause I don't, I don't want to bore people while I Google it, but yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know for, for some reason I thought Miami would actually be favored this time around, but if what you're saying is correct, they're all picking, they're all picking Iowa state to go through on their they had the big there. graphic on ESPN. You know how they have those graphics wow. there. It was just Iowa state right there. And you know what? If that's the case, I'm fine with that as well. Absolutely. Right? Like I, I like I like Miami being talked about, especially Kane's hoops. I mean, Kane's football is being talked about a lot the last few months because of everything they're doing in the offseason, coaching staff, recruiting. Um, I'm a Kane's football fan first, right? I'm a Miami fan, live and die by it, alumnus of the school, but Kane's football was my first love there. So, of course, I want the Kane's football team to get talked about, but – it makes me feel extra giddy when the basketball team gets national attention. Now, I'm, I would say the baseball team as well, but you know the big outlets don't really cover college baseball unless it's the College World Series. But no, I love I love Miami basketball getting accolades. But at the same time, this team's done just fine all year as an underdog, right? I mean, the Associated Press, coaches' polls, nobody's ever thought appropriate to rank Miami despite how many big wins they've had throughout the year. This team has been flying under the radar. I, I did a, uh, I was, I was interviewed by a sports radio show like in Central Florida earlier today. You know, Gator Country, Seminole Country, anything but Miami Country, and like they were even like asking me like, "Hey, are you, are you shocked at what Miami's doing?" I'm like, "I'm not. I can understand why you guys might be because you know if you follow just the national outlets, you would you not you would not even know Miami existed. Like you would think Miami was just." An ACC bottom feeder all season long. Preseason 12th rank in the ACC, Donna. Oh, my goodness. I forgot it was that low, but you're right. Now now that you say that, the light bulb goes off in my head. Now that you say that, I, I totally remember it. So well, I think Coach L said it really well uh, last night during during one of the – I think it was – actually, excuse me, let me rephrase that. It was in the press conference after the, uh, the, the first win against USC – you know, they asked him, you know, what what's the big difference between this year and, and la last year? And he basically said health, because last year the Canes yeah. were basically field. They had six guys and, and a couple of walk-ons. That was their entire team. Nobody was healthy. So this year they they actually have a bench. They actually have an eight to an eight man rotation, eight to nine man rotation out there. And you know, you could see the difference on the on the floor. Yeah, you're exactly right. Only six healthy scholarship players last year. It was it was a joke. They had no depth. They had nothing last year. And this year they actually have, and they still have a small rotation, right? They've had a small rotation all year. Yeah, they have year, an eight-man rotation. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't take that much, right, with the players that they have and just the way that they buy into Jim Laranega. It really doesn't take that much. So, you know, another thing uh, we have going on tonight, I know every Miami Dolphins fan throughout the day, you've been refreshing your Twitter feeds. You've been, you know, looking through NFL Network to see if something's happening with Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead is at the facility. He's been there all day. I can't say for sure if he's still there at this very moment, but 
Uh, he arrived for his visit in South Florida last night, been visiting today. You guys know uh, I don't – I'm a Dolphin fan. I'll get that out of the way. Lifelong Dolphin fan. I don't drink the Kool-Aid, though. I don't blow smoke, right? I, I'll tell you when I'm pessimistic about things. I'll tell you when I'm optimistic about things. I'm very optimistic that a deal gets done with Teron Armstead. I absolutely am. This is something that the Dolphins have been banking on. Some people were frustrated. Why aren't they being more aggressive for Lyle Collins? Why aren't they being more aggressive for Trent Brown, other offensive tackles that were available? The reason why they weren't that aggressive for other options is they have been putting their eggs in the Teron Armstead basket. And the reason why they put their eggs in his basket is they believe he wants to sign here. Um, let's keep in mind, free agency has been open for a week, right? At least you've been allowed to negotiate for a week because the legal tampering period opened exactly one week ago. They've had plenty of time by now to run numbers by his agent, to give options on what type of deal they can offer him. That's very clear on both sides. It should be clear. It, the Dolphins should have a clear idea what Armstead is looking for. Armstead should have a very clear idea what the Dolphins are willing to offer him. So a week after this opens, he comes down here for a visit. They're not going over these numbers for the first time. They've had a chance to review it, and I think both parties are confident, and that's what's being reported. People like Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald, Adam Beasley, formerly of the Herald, now with Pro Football Network, have both been reporting there is optimism, and I believe that to be the case. I believe Teron Armstead came down to Miami with the intentions of signing a contract and the Dolphins have an expectation of him signing on the dotted line either tonight or sometime tomorrow. I think this could very well get done. So I am optimistic about this one. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to have a new left tackle this week and it's going to be a guy who was a consensus when free agency opened up. Some publications had him ranked number one overall free agent. Some had him Number two, number three, really no worse than that. I think the Dolphins are going to end up with one of the top free agents available, and that is a very good thing. You know what else is a good thing? When we come back, we are going to talk some Miami Hurricanes and some recruiting with Gabby Urudia from Inside the U, 24-7 sports recruiting analyst, will join us next year. I'm Alex Dono filling in for the great Larry Bluestein on the South Florida High School Sports Show on AM560 Sports WQAM. Welcome back to the South Florida High School Sports Show on AM560 FM 96.5 HD2 The Joe, WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Sponsored by University of Miami Sports Medicine Institute. So thank you to a, a good Samaritan out there who called us before I even had a chance to Google it. Uh, Miami is a two and a half point favorite against Iowa State. Sports Bomber is so negative. He was trying to say Miami's an underdog again, although it wasn't really Sports Bomber's fault because he he was watching ESPN and all the bracketologists were really just Miami haters. Their wolf sh wolves in sheep's clothing were having Iowa State advancing in their brackets. Uh, I'm sure they had USC advancing, and then they had Auburn advancing. Now they have Iowa State advancing. Even when Miami wins the tournament, they'll still be making excuses for why somebody else should have won. They're a bunch of losers. I you hope Miami breaks more breaks as many brackets as Bane breaks Batman's back. <laughs> yeah, these are all people who are so bitter because, you know, Kentucky uh, broke their brackets when they lost to St. Peter's in the first round. So now they, they just want to create total, total chaos. Let's bring on our first guest of the evening. This guy does a fantastic job covering recruiting, covering the Canes, 
Uh, he also has uh, the Storm Surge pod and Through the Smoke. Uh, and I know he can talk some basketball with us as well because the Canes are playing so well. Gabby Urudia from 24-7 Sports. Yeah, Gabby, good evening to you, my friend. And I, I know another Miami guy like yourself, you must be enjoying this tournament run so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been exciting, you know, just watching Miami sort of go on these runs and, uh, you know, just watching them play defense, man. It's just, you know, it jacks me up. Uh, definitely, you know, born and raised down here. So to watch them do all this stuff, is it's been really, really cool to watch and just – I was here bouncing around my apartment at like ten, like ten thirty last night. My wife was just so confused. So it's been fun that Miami basketballs brought that out of me. Now, be honest with me, because I will admit, I didn't think they were going to beat Auburn. I thought they would give them a fight. I did think they would beat USC. So I had the first upset correct. I didn't think they would beat Auburn. Uh, did you think they would get it done last night, or were you just pleasantly surprised? Oh no, I did not think they were going to get it done last night. I did have them beating USC. I mean, Auburn's been the best, one of the best teams in the country for a lot of the year, you know. I mean, Jabari Smith, they're talking about him being a potential first overall pick. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine actually picked uh, uh, Miami to advance in the tournament, and I was just like, you're crazy, dude. Like, Auburn's just really good. So, to watch Miami get after it last night and, you know, watch that group just, you know, play so gritty was just so, was so awesome. And, you know, it was definitely a pleasant surprise to me. We're joined here by Gabby Arudia, 24-7 Sports Inside the U. Just does an awesome job covering recruiting down here. Uh, so, I, I, first of all, and obviously I know we're, we're a long way away from this, but we project recruiting sometimes multiple years in advance. So, looking forward to the class of 2023, what are you seeing so far, and how strong of a class are you expecting Cristobal to bring in next year? Yeah, I mean, they've been doing a really good job. You know, the commitment numbers are, are not big, you know, just two right now in the class of 2023. But, man, these guys have just done an absolutely incredible job of, of really just getting elite talent on campus. I mean, really, that's just where it starts. It's just giving, giving themselves a chance to sell the program to some of the nation's best. I mean, we're just talking about, you know, some of the top recruits and, you know, two guys from the state of Alabama, which is absolutely loaded in this uh, class of 2023, are actually in Coral Gables right now. We're talking about a five-star defensive lineman, James Smith, and another guy we, we put in our top 247 in Jaquavius Russaw. Um, you know, so James Smith is the number two defensive lineman in the country. Earlier, you know, during Miami's first week of spring practice, they held, they hosted the number one defensive tackle in the country. So top two defensive linemen have already visited Miami this spring. I mean, they've just done an incredible job of just creating so much excitement around the program, uh, getting talent from all across the country to come down and, and, you know, just sort of check out what they got going on in Coral Gables. You know, I mean, Mario Cristobal's just, I really feel like he's the guy for this for this job. And, you know, just kind of looking back at his history and what he's done at Oregon, I mean, expecting a top 10 class, I don't think is, I don't think is expecting too much. You know, I think that if you talk to people, you know, inside Coral Gables and, you know, in a, in a closed space, I mean, I think some of those guys would feel like, you know, this could potentially be a top five class. I think there's a lot of confidence that they can, you know, attract some of the best talent from across the United States. Um, you know, definitely want to hammer home South Florida, you know, Miami-Dade, Broward County, which is littered with talent like any other year. But, you know, these guys have a national approach and they want to go all to all corners of the country to, to find big-time talent, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and I know that w with recruiting, there there's so many different factors and certain things are going to be more important to some kids than others, right? Whether it be, you know, the school being in Miami, which is a place most people want to be in, especially during your college years, right? I mean, when you, you know, NIL is a factor now and Miami, of course, has had some boosters, especially the Ruiz family that are really stepping up in a big way. Uh, facilities, which, you know, Miami is not up to par with, with some other schools, but the facilities are constantly getting better. 
better. But then a, another big thing for me is, and, and obviously when you have high-quality coaches, uh, they're probably also very skilled recruiters as well. But I've got to think about this too. Like if I'm considering playing at Miami and I look at the types of coaches that I'm going to be working with, I, I, I mean, I've, I've got to know that they're going to make me better, Gabby, because I know that over the years with some of the staffs Miami has had, the player development has just not been there, right? Like during some of the Al Golden years, the Manny right. Diaz years, like you're always wondering, how is it they can get top 25 recruiting classes, but they never finish a season in the top 25? That tells me there's a disconnect with development. Nowadays, if I'm thinking of going to Miami, I know I'm going to be, you know, hands-on with some of the best coaches in the country. Yeah, and aside from that, you know, definitely, I mean, three guys on the staff that have Power 5 head coaching experience, you know, between uh, Mario Cristobal, Charlie Strong, and Kevin Steele, who had a brief stint at Baylor back in the day. I mean, just big-time coaches all over, really all over the roster. I mean, Alex Mirabal definitely considered one of the top offensive line coaches in the country. Josh Gaddis, you know, reigning Broyles Award winner. I mean, there's just, there's just so much talent, so much experience. Um, you know, just genuinely good people that value building relationships and you know, definitely understand the importance of recruiting and, and what Miami can be. And if, you know, if you do get that recruiting thing rolling and you're able to stack these classes on top of one another, because, you know, you can sign a top recruiting class one year, but if you don't follow that up with another recruiting class and, you know, you sign one top linebacker, you don't follow that up with another top linebacker. I mean, you just start, you stretch yourself a little bit thin. So these guys definitely understand that. And another thing, you know, they're able to sell is just the, the whole commitment from the university. You know, there's, you know, with Dan Radakovich who came over from Clemson and, you know, just people opening up the checkbooks and, you know, there's a, there's a financial commitment to the program like none other. And that's going to lead to, you know, renovated facilities and upgrades across the, that'll benefit the football program. That'll benefit all of Miami athletics. I mean, there, it just seems to be a complete buy-in like when we probably, I mean, at least in my lifetime, um, I mean, I've never seen anything like it before. So I think that there's a chance that, you know, Miami football is going to be run like a, you know, like a big boy college football program. I mean, if that's right. the standard that they're trying to set for themselves, there's a, there's a way that it needs to, there's a way that it needs to be with, you know, with the money and the backing and the facilities and all those types of things. And it seems like uh, Dan Radakovich understands that the university of Miami understands that. And, and uh, you know, they're going to do what they can to get this thing rolling. Yeah, I think they finally decided you got to spend money to make money, right? You can't, right. you know, and listen, this program, they've won national championships before in a different era because, you know, to win titles in the 80s, 90s, even 2001, it just it didn't take the same sort of financial commitment it does today. Uh, let's talk about uh, the transfer portal. Uh, I know I know there's one guy uh, who could who could be in play for the Canes. You wrote about him today. Uh, transfer from UCLA, edge rusher. I may butcher his last name, so I apologize. Uh, Mitchell Agude. Uh, tell me about this player, and uh, and if he's got Miami as a finalist, do you think the Canes could land this guy? Yeah, uh, you know, second team all-pack 12 selection uh, by the coaches over in that conference. A guy that can definitely get after the quarterback. I think he had, you know, six and a half tackles for loss, a couple sacks last year for UCLA, playing more of an outside linebacker. I think Miami views him as more of a true defensive end. Uh, you know, just kind of watching three spring practices, it does seem like, you know, they can maybe use an extra body over there to compete with Jafari Harvey, Chance Williams, Elijah Roberts, and those guys. Uh, so, you know, I think that, you know, he, that is encouraging. Uh, Miami's definitely a finalist for him. He, has, he already took official visits to Oregon and Washington. Uh, right after Miami, he's going to take an official visit over to, to Tennessee in early April. I, I'd imagine that, um, you know, a decision should come shortly after that. But, yeah, that's the big transfer target to know right now. You know, with the transfer portal after spring, I think there could be another wave like we saw maybe towards the end of the college football season and, and in bowl season. So I think there's going to be a chance for Miami to go after a couple more guys once uh, 
there's a better understanding if there's any other guys looking to to find new spots. I think that there's a few places that Miami could definitely upgrade the roster. I think that people in Four Gables would agree with that as well. So um, we'll definitely see how it goes there, but I wouldn't expect Mitchell Gude to be the, the last transfer they target. Okay, I like that. We're joined here by Gabby Arudia inside the U.com, uh, covers recruiting for 24-7 sports. Uh, talk to me about what you've seen and heard from spring practice so far. Uh, any Anyone uh, really stood out, and, and any of uh, the coaches who have spoken really stand out? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely a few guys stood out. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the tight end room, and, you know, really it's spring, and there's a lot of guys that are maybe missing time right now. Um, you know, I don't think the team's fully healthy in a full go right now, but, I mean, I'm really encouraged about what the tight ends look like. Uh, you know, I think Will Mallory deciding to come back and come back to Miami for a fifth year is going to end up paying off big time. I think he's someone that's really ready to take that next step. I think Elijah Arroyo, the you know, a second-year freshman out of uh, – out of Texas, who was a big time tight end recruit. He seems like he's ready to take the next step. He kind of, uh, he kind of ran into uh, Jafari Harvey, you know, on a blocking drill and just kind of stood him right up. I think Elijah Royal is a guy that's going to help big time. So definitely excited about the tight ends. I mean, quarterback room looks like, honestly, uh, I mean, I can't say I'm super familiar with every single quarterback situation in the country, but man, I can't, I can't imagine there's many quarterback rooms, uh, you know, that people would take over Miami's. I mean, with Tyler Van Dyke coming back, you know, kind of being there, Jake Garcia healthy and spinning the ball around. I mean, freshman Jakari Brown just you know he doesn't look like uh he doesn't look lost he definitely looks like he belongs in college football every bit of six foot four uh for oh definitely over 200 pounds by now I think he's got he's a guy that you know Miami has to be really excited about for you know a couple years down the line so I mean you have to feel really really good about the receiver room and you know definitely some spots on defense that you know maybe you know with like the same positions that struggled you know linebacker I think could be better uh, defensive line, I think, you know, it's one of those things that outside of Leonard Taylor, uh, definitely a few guys who have the potential to step up and quarterbacks. And a couple of those guys are definitely making plays. I think Corey Couch is a guy that definitely stood out to me over the course of the first three spring practices. But, hey, uh, pads come on on Tuesday morning when they get rolling on Green Tree. So everything gets a little bit – everyone everything's a little different when the pads come on. So excited to see what, what else is going on this week. No doubt about that. And I, I totally agree on Ja'Curry Brown. I, I hadn't had a chance to get out there in person, but – I was watching some videos uh, of quarterback drills, you know, before spring break, and I just like I he he doesn't look like an eighteen year old. Like he the, the guy's gigantic, and listen, I you know it's more of a commentary just on him looking the part because his actual arm didn't look that great yet. There's a lot of development to be done there, but right. he, he looks he looks every bit of a guy who could play quarterback in college football. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he turns into. And I think you're spot on with the quarterback room, right? And listen, I, I don't I, I don't have the uh, the wherewithal at this moment to compare Miami's quarterback room to the rest of the country. But even like in the ACC, you just look in the coastal, like within the, you know, since last year, a couple of, you know, NFL caliber quarterbacks are, are, are leaving the program with Sam Howell gone and, uh, and Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. So I, yep. I think Miami with Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia, if necessary, and Ja'Curry Brown, if necessary, are probably in the best spot in the conference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely uh, some big time arms. I mean, Devin Leary probably is someone that, you know, people are really high on Brandon Armstrong. I think he might be one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the entire country. I think he's, I think he's awesome. And he's going back to Virginia. So, you know, definitely some arms there, but man, I'm just talking top to bottom. Uh, you know, Miami has to just be feeling really good about what they have now in Tyler Van Dyke. And, you know, you're just projecting three, four years down the line. And, uh, you know, you obviously got to continue to recruit them. You got to continue to bring in top arms, but, but man, if you have you have to feel pretty good about Miami's situation for you know the foreseeable future with those guys in place. 
Yeah, no, very, very well said. Make sure you follow Gabby on Twitter at GabbyRudia247. Uh, follow his work on 24-7 Sports on the Through the Smoke pod and Storm Surge pod. Gabby, can't thank you enough for taking some time, man. Enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, enjoy enjoy watching those pads come on at spring ball. Let's get it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Donna. Good stuff there, man. Gabby always brings – that's a lot of info and a lot of good info. Gabby always brings it strong. Uh, at around 7 o'clock, we're going to talk with Jazz Santana. We'll probably do a little bit even more of a, of a deeper dive on basketball with Jazz when he joins us. But, man, when we come back, I want to read some texts, want to read some tweets. You guys can get after me on Twitter as well, at uh, Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. If you don't mind, hit the follow button as well. And also follow my dude, Sports Bomber. Sports Bomber, what's your Twitter handle so people can throw you in the convo as well? At 305 Sports Bomber. Beautiful. I knew it was something, Sports Bomber, but I don't want to butcher it. And, yeah, you can get out of stay and night on the Kendall Toyota and West Kendall Toyota text line at 305-567-0560. That's 305-567-0560. Ooh, I can't speak today. 305-567-0560. We'll be back here on the South Florida High School Sports Show on AM560 Sports, WQAM. It's the South Florida High School Sports Show on AM560, FM96.5, HD2, The Joe, WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Sponsored by University of Miami Sports Medicine Institute. I'm Alex Dono, in for Larry Bluestein here on the South Florida High School Sports Show on AM560 Sports, WQAM. Huge thanks to Gabby Arudia for joining us. Got our guy Sports Bomber running the show here today. Uh, so we're, we're on Teron Armstead watch the free agent left tackle visiting today with the Miami dolphins. I'm actually optimistic. They get a deal done. Um, the fact that things have been so quiet today, I don't know if that means anything or if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe if, if nothing else, it might be a good thing just that there aren't leaks coming out of the building, right? Because I think we've had problems with leaks, with the Dolphins this past season, considering, you know, all the Deshaun Watson material that was out there last year. Deshaun Watson, by the way, and I knew at this point he wasn't coming here. I actually, I thought before the trade deadline that he would end up here, uh, but then the Dolphins legitimately turned the page on it and that much is evidence now. evident now. Man, did he get paid. So the Cleveland Browns, who were, they were out of the running. Like, I, I did a show on, on well, not on this station, on our sister station on Monday. I was filling in for Tobin. I was on with Leroy on Friday morning. And by Friday morning, the finalists had been declared to be New Orleans and Atlanta. He had eliminated Cleveland. He had eliminated Carolina. And then the Cleveland Browns, I guess you could respect their persistence because they wanted Watson so badly. They called him up and basically offered him a blank check, right? They end up signing, and this doesn't even include what they had to give up to get him in the trade, but just the money that they are paying him. Cleveland is giving Deshaun Watson a new five-year deal worth $230 million, all guaranteed. He's actually getting $80 million guaranteed more than any other contract in NFL history, including $90 million more than Patrick Mahomes like uh, that's crazy money <laughs> the Cleveland Browns put all their cards on the table that that is insane money when you think about other quarterbacks who aren't making as much guaranteed including Pat Mahomes Aaron Rodgers 
Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. Uh, like it's nuts to think this. And listen, on the fields, all other things you know considered. Uh, actually, all other things not considered. If you're just talking about on the field ability. I think Deshaun Watson, top five, arguably top five in the NFL, just pure quarterbacking ability. Um, there is baggage, though, still. I know that he's cleared of criminal charges. He's not going to get charged. The grand jury declined to do that. He still is facing 22 lawsuits, 22 allegations, and I think there's a good chance he gets suspended for at least a part of next year, and that's why the Browns structured his deal where he's only getting uh, one point, I think around $1.2 million of salary for next year it's a backloaded contract because I think they're anticipating him getting suspended uh and they had to give Houston in that trade three first round picks which included the number 13 pick in this coming draft 2023 third rounder 2024 fourth rounder and with all the money they're paying him decimating their salary cap they're taking a huge risk right now on the one hand when it comes to getting franchise quarterbacks under normal circumstances, I am of the belief that sometimes you just have to shoot your shot. Sometimes instead of bargain hunting, you have to go out and get your franchise guy no matter the price. Now, compared to other franchise quarterbacks, I have my reservations about this one. Given all the allegations and the uncertainty as to if and when he's going to get suspended and for how long, and it's a tough sell to Cleveland to their fan base, right? Because, uh, and of course, anytime you give up this much, this many assets, this much salary to one player, if you don't win a Super Bowl during his time there, you can look at it and say, you could, you could question, even if, even if they get to a Super Bowl and don't win it, some would argue that was a failure of a move. Right, if you don't win at least one Super Bowl. Then the other part of it is, and listen, I, this is probably not the majority of Browns fans because I think the majority of football fans um, just want to win and they can overlook personal character stuff. A lot of people, though, can't overlook that. Like You, you see the memes and, and the tweets of, you know, purportedly from Browns fans who say enough is enough. I'm, I can't believe they signed this guy. I'm giving up on this team. I'm sure that's not the majority. That's a minority of fans. Uh, but, you know, that stuff is only going to be magnified if that team doesn't start winning and winning quickly. So it's it's a huge, huge gamble. I mean, as, as a Dolphin fan and as a Tua Tungvaluwa skeptic, I don't feel like I fall in either the Tua lover or the Tua hater category, although I do troll Tua a lot on Twitter. And it's one of these things, uh, Sports Bomber, I have found that making jokes about or having negative opinions about Tua, it's a lot like arguing politics, right? If you, if you say anything critical of Joe Biden, people are just going to automatically assume this must be a Trumpy. Right. If you make any sort of a joke or, you know, uh, any sort of a negative comment about Tua, some people assume, oh, this must be a Watson guy. I'm, I'm not I'm not a Watson. You're guy. either on board actually, with the Tua agenda or you're not, Dono. Well, honestly, I'm I, I wish the Dolphins had gone out and made the Russell Wilson trade instead of Denver. Now, well, we were maybe, we were talking about this really quick uh, off air. Yeah. And I, and I want to put this to the to the to the callers, to the texters out there as well. I mean, Look at all the quarterbacks that are being moved this offseason. I mean, this is an, if you were going to be active in the quarterback market, this is the offseason to do it. A lot of guys are moving on to different teams. A lot of chess pieces falling in different places. 
you know, you want to be active in the market, this is the year. And this is the year we've decided to not be active in the market because we're all in on Tua. So if this doesn't work out with pretty quick results here, I mean, Ross, Greer, and everybody, in McDaniel, whether that's fair or not to him, they're all immediately on the hot seat. Yeah. And you notice all these quarterbacks that are changing teams, they're all coming to the AFC. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. Like, the, the AFC is so stacked with quarterbacks. Let me see if I can find uh, a, a list of uh, – I, I, somebody tweeted this out earlier of the projected starting quarterbacks in the AFC next year. Now, the person who did this was uh, was taking a shot at Tua. He had Tua ranked number 16 out of 16. It made me laugh. It's not accurate, but but this is this is a list. So you got – these are these just the 16 AFC projected starting quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen – Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, who's got himself a great new weapon at Devontae Adams, by the way, Lamar Jackson, uh, Matt Ryan now. He, he's in Indianapolis. That happened a few hours ago. Ryan Tannehill. I'd probably put Ryan Tannehill a little lower than some of these on the list. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, uh, Davis Mills, who's one of the names that like obviously doesn't get you very excited. Um Trubisky, Wilson, Russ. I, wow, I, I'm surprised. Uh, oh, Zach. Oh, never mind. Zach. Zach Wilson. Yeah, he's he's terrible. I don't know why I was thinking of another name. And then Tua. So yeah, the AFC. There, there's maybe three or four names there that don't make you do cartwheels. But like 12 out of 16 AFC quarterbacks are some of the best in the business, man. So yeah, the American Football Conference has just gotten a lot, lot tougher. Um, I, I want to go back and, and actually let me go back to something Sports Bomber was saying about making a move for a quarterback. Uh, the silver lining is this here. Um, Tua still for two more years, really three more years because of the option. And I'm not saying I would want to stick with him for three more years if he's not playing well, but he's on his rookie deal for three more years. So if he does start playing significantly better, you've got a couple of more years on, on rookie type of wages, which is a good thing. Um, so. You know, if you were to ask me to compare Tua with some of the other quarterbacks, you know, like if you were to say, hey, would you rather have Baker Mayfield than Tua Tongo-Vailoa? In a vacuum, I probably would, but I'd rather have Tua at his price versus Mayfield at his price. So it, it does give the Dolphins an opportunity, right? You've got a new coach who's got the type of offensive system that can probably hide more of Tua's deficiencies. You're going to enhance the running game. The offensive line has already gotten a little bit better, and I think it's going to be a lot better once the guy who's visiting right now decides to sign his deal, and I think he's going to sign his deal. Uh, so they're giving they're giving Tua an opportunity. I'm sure part of that is, you know, Chris Greer drafted this guy number five. He probably wants to justify it. Like, he's got incentive not to pull the plug on Tua this quickly because then that's admitting you misused a fifth overall draft pick, and I don't think he wants to do that until he's a completely abundantly sure. And, you know, um, obviously the free agent class and the trade market for quarterbacks was absolutely lit this year. The draft class isn't. This is not a great quarterback draft class. Next year, assuming some of the juniors will come out early, which, you know, inevitably happens every season, next year's quarterback draft class is going to be stacked. Okay, so the Dolphins will have an opportunity. If Tua doesn't prove himself to be the chosen one this year the Dolphins will have an opportunity to move on from him in the draft so that's one thing um I want to say something else about Teron Armstead 
left tackle who's been visiting with the Dolphins today. There's a lot of optimism that he's going to sign a deal. I see some Dolphin fans reacting negatively to this. Like they're trying to discount Teron Armstead. What, because they think he's too expensive? Because you guys want every signing to be a bargain signing? A couple of things I want to pick apart here a little bit. Uh, Mainly the left tackle versus right tackle thing. You hear a lot of people bring up this narrative because the Dolphins have the only left-handed quarterback in the NFL. People will say, hey, why are you investing, potentially investing this much money on a left tackle when you need to invest that on a right tackle? You should have signed Lael Collins, who just signed in Cincinnati, or you should have signed Trent Brown, who re-signed with New England. Why are you wasting your time on a left tackle when you need a right tackle for your quarterback's blind side? Protecting the blind side, I'm not saying it isn't important, but don't ignore the fact when you're talking about left tackles versus right tackles, regardless of what hand your quarterback throws with or what direction he's looking in, here's something that doesn't change. The majority of the best pass rushers in the NFL line up on the offense's left side. So even if your quarterback may be looking in that direction, you still, if you sign to Ron Armstead, He'd be the best offensive tackle on your team going up against the best defensive ends that you have to face. So it's still important. And then the other thing about having a left-handed quarterback, Tua Tonga-Vailoa being a left-hander primarily rolls out to his left, right? So stopping the pressure from that side gets magnified when that's the direction he's moving in. So do not get upset nitpicking this left tackle versus right tackle thing. Left tackle is still tremendously important. And I got news for you. I like Lyle Collins, Trent Brown, Morgan Moses. These were all right tackles that ultimately the Dolphins didn't get. I like all those players just fine. Still, Teron Armstead, head and shoulders better than all of them. (laughs) Okay, so if you're just looking at it, regardless of what side of the line they play on, Teron Armstead is better than all of those other guys. And, okay, another thing, people are concerned about this, and this this is fair to an extent. It is fair. His availability, Teron Armstead, uh, drafted in 2013, has never gotten through a full season healthy. He's always had issues. All these years in the NFL, he's never played the full 16 or 17 regular season games. I, I understand that, uh, that you, the history and the stats would tell you he's not going to be available for a full season. That's unfortunate. I still think he's so good it outweighs that. And despite the fact that he misses games every year, you looked at every every rating, ranking of free agents when the period opened last week. Teron Armstead, number one on certain publications' rankings, number two overall. I don't think he was anywhere worse than number three overall in overall free agent rankings, regardless of position. This guy is good. This guy is elite. Don't fight it. If he ends up coming here, do not complain about it. Celebrate it, Okay. We'll be celebrating Jazz Santana joining us from Five Reasons Sports. We're going to talk some Canes, a little recruiting, a lot of basketball with Jazz when we come back. I'm Alex Dono filling in for the great Larry Bluestein on the South Florida High School Sports Show, AM 560 Sports, WQAM. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The National Sales Event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.